All right. Hey, let's get into the Word of God today. We're going to be talking about, uh, this week and next week, we're going to talk about the Great Reboot. And what I mean by the Great Reboot is this. Anyone ever needed to just feel like you need to reboot your head a little bit? <laughs> reboot your mind? Uh, just like your phones or your computer. You know, you, you, sometimes you're working on something on your phone and the app just locks up or it just... It goes into this endless loop, right? And it won't function right. Or maybe you got, you've got your laptop open and it just things aren't just you know, running the way that they should run. Well, what's the first thing that you wind up doing? You reboot. And, and the majority of the time it wakes back up, kind of clear-headed. And sometimes the Holy Spirit, it's, I think it's apropos that we were singing about the Holy Spirit all morning long. Why? Because we need the Holy Spirit to reboot our minds a little bit. That's how true transformation takes place. Uh, we talk about it often. Don't be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing or rebooting of your mind. You used to think this way. Now you need to think that way. You used to have these kind of thoughts. Now you need to have these kind of thoughts. What kind of thoughts do we need to have? Well, thoughts that the Holy Spirit would give us. The Holy Spirit only tells us what the, what the Father says, right? And so we need to speak what the Father says about our circumstances and situations. What is that? That's speaking the word of God. That's true transformation. And so we hear that talked about quite a bit, renewing of the mind. What, what does it mean to renew the mind? What does that look like? So this week and next week, I just want to kind of give you some biblical, very practical biblical principles of how you can renew your mind. Uh, you know, one of, one of the greatest things that you can do uh, is, is get all the goodness that God's got going on inside of you, because that's where the kingdom of heaven is, right? Kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Where does the Holy Spirit live? Inside of us. Jesus even told a bunch of Pharisees that the kingdom of heaven is inside of you, right? So in the kingdom of heaven, where all things are perfect, where his will is taking place, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So all the godliness that is active inside of you, we got to get on the outside of you. And there's some basic, and that, in doing so, you'll start transforming your mind. One of the easiest ways we'll talk about next week is speaking the word of God. Because you can't speak faith and think fear at the same time, can you? You're either living by faith or fear. If you're having a hundred thoughts, fearful or negative thoughts a day, you need to speak the word of God 101 times a day, <laughs> you know? Uh, so that's one of the easiest ways. Another way is what we're going to talk about today. The prayer of petition, the prayer of petition. And this was something the Lord actually had me do uh, along my journey uh, a few years ago. And he brought it back to light this week on some things. This is a very powerful thing you can do. You may sit there and go, once we're done talking about it, you may go, I don't know about that. Uh, I'm just challenging you. Give it a try. Okay. Second Corinthians 10, three through five. We're going to talk about this uh, for the next couple of weeks. Uh, let me give, let me give you some context as to what Paul was going through when he wrote this. He was coming back to the church at Corinth and he tells them at the beginning of this chapter, he says, look, he says, uh, he says, I, man, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm really, really hoping, uh, number one, I'm, I'm anxious to see you, I'm excited to see you, but I'm, I'm hoping I don't have to 
speak to you all the way that I'm going to have to speak to a group of you. Because there's a group of you that have been mouthing off about me. <laughs> if you're, let me paraphrase what he's saying. He said, a group of you have been mouthing off about me uh, and saying that everything that I'm doing is not of God, that it's in the flesh. And he's like, and that's not, that's not right. So I'm going to have to come put these guys in order. And he says, look, we're warring. It's warfare. We're going to have people talk about us. And so he goes on to say this continual thing here. He, he basically is trying to say, now I'm not going to come beat them and whoop them with a physical weapon, but the weapons that we have are good for changing thought, changing minds. And so he, he, he gives us a clue into how we can actually function in the kingdom. Second Corinthians 10, three through five, for though we walk or live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our war, warfare according to the flesh. We are, we are spiritual beings that are walking around in fleshy bodies, right? We have to deal with fleshy problems. We deal with things on our job, things in our families. We have real world problems, right? But we don't carry on war and battle as, as if we're living in the physical. He says, he says, we're not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh. We're not walking around with swords and guns and you know, everything else to, to, to make our life conform to something. He says, but, uh, he says, we're not carrying around uh, physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. What is he talking about there? The word strongholds. He's talking about mindsets. Y'all bear with me. Our, our clip disappeared, you know, where you safely clip this to the back of your shirt. And um, I tried to duct tape it and it's not really working. So <laughs> if you see me struggling with it, that's what's going on. Uh, what does he mean by strongholds? Strongholds. Strongholds are mindsets. Just like in a, with a military, you can, you can have a stronghold that basically controls a region, a fortress. There are mindsets that each and every one of us have. That, that we develop by situations we've gone through, the environments we live in, the conditions of our life. Have, have you ever noticed, and just be honest with yourself, have you ever noticed that one thing can happen that will trigger a series of thought, words, and actions on your part every time? We always call it, well, so-and-so knows how to push my button, Right? Somebody comes and pushes your button and you're going to respond. You're programmed. That's a mindset. That's a stronghold in your mind. And strongholds usually get in the way of what God has to say about you, right? Because usually they're contrary to the word of God. Matter of fact, he says, inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, which is most of our mindsets and strongholds. In the flesh, they are typically contrary to what the Word of God has to say, right? Well, I knew that was going to happen because stuff like that always happens to me. Woo, that's a stronghold, right? I knew so-and-so was going to pop off of me today because every time I see them, they always come over and pop up. Well, that's a stronghold. You're expecting it, so yeah, it's going to happen. And what Paul is saying is we have weapons that are powerful enough to change thought, to change mindsets, to change habitual thinking, 
we can renew the mind. And he goes on to say, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. In other words, we have weapons through the word of God that can change, literally change our mind, change our thoughts. If you're having a thought that is not lining up with the word of God, you have the power and ability to change that thought. Okay? You are not your thoughts. Thoughts are just thoughts. You are the one who's observing your thoughts. That's the real you. So if you're finding yourself thinking thoughts that do not line with the word of God, if you're thinking thoughts of fear, anxiety, uh, depression, constant anger, you know, whatever those thoughts may be, you have the power through the Holy Spirit and through the word of God to begin to change those thoughts, to reboot your mind. That's what we're talking about. So we're going to get into a principle of it. He that the Son has set free is free indeed. That means you're really free. So in the kingdom of God, you are free to accept this. Everyone read it with me. My brain is my brain, and I can choose to not think or feel any way I do not want to. Get that through your mind. Say, well, you don't understand. He made me angry. Nobody made you angry. You chose to get angry. This is how this works, right? She frightens me. Well, she doesn't have to frighten you. You're choosing to be afraid of her, right? So my brain, your brain is your brain. Nobody makes your brain do anything but you. And the Lord is giving you power and authority to change that brain, to bring every thought. So I've been having thoughts of worry and fear and anxiety. You can bring those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. In other words, you can line those thoughts up with the word of God. That's why I say, if you're having a, a, a hundred negative thoughts a day, speak the word of God 101 times, <laughs> you know, you can't speak fear and think, or you can't speak faith and think fear. Okay. So my brain is my brain. I can choose to not think or feel any way I do not want to. Uh, next week, if I have time, I'll share a little story about that. Uh, so petition, we're talking about the prayer of petition. What is the prayer of petition? We, we've heard it said that's used quite a bit in scripture. And, and this is, a, print, this is a, a practice the Lord actually had, like I said, started having me do just a few years ago. A petition is a formal written request appealing to authority with respect to a particular cause, okay? So let's get, in, let's get into our scriptures real quick. Proverbs 29, 18, the Bible says, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, which means happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. So what I want to ask you is, have you prayed for the Lord to give you a vision for your life? And what does that look like? If you haven't yet, I want to challenge you this week. Sit down with the Lord and say, hey, begin. Will you help me with a vision for my life? Will you help me for a vision of my life? And then the next thing I want you to do, as you and God are talking about it, 
We can find in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and engrave it so plainly upon tablets that everyone who passes may be able to read it easily and quickly as, as he hastens by. I want to challenge you to write that vision. I'm not necessarily talking about, uh, hey, what, what's your five-year plan? Okay, uh, There's nothing wrong with that. It's actually a very healthy thing to do uh, uh, for whether you're in business or whether you have a family or whatnot. There's nothing wrong with doing that. But, but this is a specific, Lord, what is the vision for my life? And as you begin to get it, I want to challenge you to, to write it down. Uh, you know, talking about reboots, uh, about going on three and a half years ago when my life rebooted, uh, I found myself uh, alone uh, in my townhouse in the Dave Cave, those of you who were around back then, and, and had begun a journey of personal healing and the Lord putting me back together. And uh, I was seeing godly counsel. Uh, the man that I was seeing is a wonderful man of God, very wise. Uh, and in the process of one of my counseling sessions with him, he said, hey, he said, this is what I want you to do. He said, I want you to write yourself a letter. He said, I want you to picture yourself five years down the road, write yourself a letter as to, hey, you know, hey, Dave, it's you, it's me, you know, uh, and, and hey, you're never going to imagine. Yeah, I know you're going through a rough time right now, but man, five years down the line, this is what happened. So that was my homework assignment. Well, I went home and I said, well, I don't want to write myself a letter because I really don't like the position I'm in right now. And then five years down the road, I probably don't want to talk to the old me, you know? So I hope I've moved on, you know, not even looking back. So I wrote it. I wrote a letter to the Lord thanking him. And in that I said, Lord, help me to see five years down the road. And I did that. And in faith, I began to write what I believed my life would look like and what I believed God would do for me. Now, it was not ridiculous stuff. I don't mean, well, I thank you because I'm going to be living in a mansion, driving a Lambo, and I'm going to have $20 million in the bank. Like, I, I wasn't worried about stuff. But, but I was worried, what, what, what I was more concerning myself with was true wealth, things that money can't buy, peace of mind, Joy, happiness, uh, sound sleep, you know? Money can't buy sound sleep. You can buy the most fanciest, comfortable bed on the planet and still be full of anxiety and not be able to sleep, you know? So, so uh, uh, time, with my, time with my family. Uh, at the time, uh, a family had dissolved in my life. So I, I, but I, I said five years from now, Lord, you're going to, I don't know what it's going to look like, what it's going to be like, but you're going to, you're going to give me family. I will have family. Now, uh, and, and, and so I, I wrote that letter and every morning I would get up and just pray over it and thank God for it and, and didn't really think much about it. Right. Uh, so I'll finish the story as we go here. So that's one thing I, I want to challenge you. Number one, ask God for a vision for your life. Lord. What is it? What will my life be five years from now? What are things I can accomplish in you? And what are things that you want to use me? Uh, and, and then write the vision down. Make it simple. You don't have to make it complex. He says, here, make it plain. Then the next thing I want you to do is just begin to praise him and delight yourself also in the Lord. Psalm 37 said this. This is the first thing I started doing after I wrote that letter. I said, Lord, I'm just going to delight myself in you. Why? Because he'll give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart. What's a petition? A written request. We're talking about rebooting your mind. 
sometimes you got to get what's in here, what the Lord has put in here. You got to get it out. As it is in heaven, let it be on earth, right? Well, you can speak it, you can write it, <laughs> you know, you can draw it, whatever you need to do, right? But I love that. Delight yourself in the Lord. Just start having a blast in the Lord because, man, he's done so much for us. And delight yourself in the wonderful grace and the blessings that he's given you. And begin to praise him for what you already have. And he'll give you the desires and secret petition. Nobody knew I wrote that letter other than my counselor. Except somebody I, I shared it with. I'll get to here in a second. I love this too. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. So don't fret. If you've been fretting lately, don't do it. Don't have anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, don't be afraid to write God some notes. Right? Definite requests. With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. What's going to happen if you pray and also petition? Write it down. What's going to happen? And God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace, which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Man, and it worked. I tell you what, I experienced so much peace there in the Dave cave. It was some good stuff. Now, this is what's awesome. Because what you're doing is you're putting things in the hand of God. And if there's anything you can be assured of in life, it may not be the stock market. It may not be the government. It may not be uh, uh, global peace. <laughs> you know, it may not even be your workplace. But you can have assurance in God. If God said it, you can trust it. You can take it to the bank. If he said it, he's not a liar. Now to him who by in the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Now, I had written a vision, a petition that I said, hey, in five years, Lord, I'm going to thank you for this right here. I don't know how you're going to work it out. Some of it seemed a little impossible to me, but he's the God of impossibilities, right? And, and so I just said, Lord, I'm going to delight myself in you. And I know that you're able to work this out, to sort this out even better than what I could imagine. Even better that I could orchestrate it on my own, Right? If one of your needs is definitely, if, if you have a definite need, say, look, I really need an automobile. I need a car. I, I challenge you this week, write it down. Write them a petition. Now, keep it simple because, you know, you may be, Lord, I want a black Mercedes with this and this and this. Well, what if he happens to give you a red Ford that's free? You know, <laughs> so don't, don't be limiting God, Right. Like, let God work it out. Uh, hey, man, if a car is paid for and free, I'd, it, let me tell you, every time that little Kia Soul I drive around in has been paid for for a long time, and every time I see a beautiful new snazzy car drive by me, and I'm like, ooh, man, and then all of a sudden I think about the payment, and I'm like, you know what, man, my car is looking pretty sweet right now, 
<laughs> it hadn't had a bath in about six months, but this is looking good. But, but in other words, he's able to bring about this petition in ways that you wouldn't even dream of. That's the kind of God that we have, right? Now, this is what, what the next thing I want you to do. You don't have to go tell anyone about it. Matter of fact, everything that I had written down in that piece of paper in that letter, most people at the time, because I'd only been living on my own for about a month or so, most people at the time would have been like, oh, Dave, you don't need to worry about all that stuff. You, you get a lot of healing you got to go through. You got to rebuild. Look, you just need to relax. Don't worry about things. You don't need to. Well, I wasn't worried about anything, I, but I just knew what direction I wanted my life to go. And, and most people probably wouldn't have had the faith to stand with me. But what I want you to do, I want you to find someone who you can stand in agreement with. Someone who's crazy enough to believe that God can do anything. And I actually had someone. Uh, some of you who went to the marriage conference, uh, the marriage retreat, uh, met that person. Uh, and it's Mylon Lefebvre. Him and his wife, Mylon and Christy, were there teaching on that first night. You know, Mylon would call, check on me and text me and stuff. And I told him, I said, Mylon, I said, man, I, I wrote God a petition. And, and which I, I thought he was going to think I was crazy. He goes, you know, he's all country and stuff, right? So he's like, glory to God, Dave. That's, that's exactly what I do. Man, that's how, how do you think I got Chrissy? He, he read me the petition. And actually, I have a copy of it now of where he wrote down and asked God, hey, I want you to find me a wife. And yeah, everything he wrote down, it matches Christy to a T. It's, it's really beautiful. And he used scripture and everything. All he did was just pray the word of God back to God, you know, and God said, hey, that's my boy. Uh, so, so Mylon was the only person that would stand that I told about this, this petition, this letter. And he said, hey, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to pray with you that God's going to work this out according to his purpose and his will. And it's going to be better than what you even imagined it when you were writing the, writing this petition, right? So we're talking about rebooting. I did not want to be in a place where I was wallowing in misery. I did not want to be in a place where I was allowing uh, what I thought at the time was destructive things. Uh, it, it, it turned out to actually just be a shift in life. Um, but, but I did not want to be in a place of depression, negativity, uh, constant pain. And so I was, I was rebooting my brain. I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm not going to stay here because this is where I'm heading. And Lord, I'm looking five years down the road, and I'm just going to give you glory and thanks for all this, right? So uh, Matthew 18, 19 says this. Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, that means to harmonize together, make a symphony together, right? It means to be in one accord. You don't want to be in discord. <laughs> you want to be in one accord. So find someone who can agree with you and say, hey, I believe God for that. If two of you will agree about whatever, anything and everything they may ask, it will come to pass and be done for them by my Father in heaven. I don't know about that. I don't know. Jesus said it. That came from the Gospels. This is what Jesus is saying. So find just somebody who can agree with you. Amen? Everyone still all right? And I love this. Just have faith. Have faith in the words of Jesus. For this reason, I'm telling you, this is Jesus talking. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, which means trust and be confident, have faith, that it is granted to you. Now notice, I am asking for this in prayer, Lord. I know it is granted. You notice, asking, that means present tense, granted. That's past tense. So in other words, any, whatever you're asking for in prayer, believe that you've already received it is what he's saying. 
Believe that it's already granted to you, and you will get it. And whenever you stand praying, here's the problem. Some people say, look, I've been praying and believing for God to move in this situation, or I've been having this need. I'm, I'm waiting on my blessing and my promise to come in, and it's not, I'm not seeing it. Well, number one, we do have to be patient, all things in God's time. But here's, here's also that I realized along my journey that there have been some blessings that I personally hindered and kept from, from uh, coming about in my life. Why? Because notice the next thing he says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them and let it drop. Leave it. Let it go. In order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your failings or shortcomings. So he, he goes from saying, hey, here's how you pray in faith. Oh, but by the way, you need to forgive somebody. Because, yeah, that's just going to trip you up. And you, you prohibit God from moving and giving you what he's already done for you. Every need, when you, when you believed in him and you received Christ and you were saved by grace, the word grace means unmerited favor, but what grace is about, it's about everything God has already done for you. So every need that you will ever have in your life, he's already got provided for you. You may see it as a need at the moment. He's like, oh, I've already taken care of it. Just believe me, trust me, it'll come to pass. Okay? Habakkuk 2 and 3 will end on this. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, and it hastens to the end. Fulfillment. It will not deceive or disappoint. Though it tarry, wait earnestly for it. That's the next thing I want you to do this week. So the first thing I want you to do is ask God for a vision. Say, Lord, what's, what's the vision for my life? Let it be a joint. Don't, don't sit there and say, well, this is my vision for my life. Lord, I want to know what you have to say. And then write it down. I don't, I don't care how crazy it sounds. Write it down as a petition. Because with prayer and petition, you don't have to have anxiety about anything. Just go to the Lord with prayer and petition. And if you'll write it down and then just begin to enjoy yourself in the Lord, delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires and hidden petitions of your hearts. And then find just somebody that you can, who will agree with you and speak faith into you. And then wait, wait patiently because it will surely come. It will not be behindhand. What a funny word, right? Behindhand. It just means late. It will not be late on its appointed day for the vision is yet for an appointed time. God has a date for that vision to come to pass. God has a date for that vision to come to pass. I don't know when it is. I'm not God. He's God, but you can be assured this, it will come to pass. Your promise has a delivery date on it. <laughs> Just wait patiently and trust him. And while you're waiting, delight yourself in him. You know, it's funny, as I was studying for this word, and there were some things this week I had to reboot my brain. I was out mowing my lawn. I had my AirPods in, and I was listening to the word of God. Just letting the word of God re-kickstart my brain. And the Lord reminded me. Matter of fact, I hadn't thought about that letter in quite a while. And the Lord reminded me about the letter, and I got to thinking. And he told me, he says, son, has it ever dawned on you how good I've been to you? Everything in that letter. So when did you write that letter? I said, not quite three and a half years ago. He said, you wrote it as if it was five years down the road. He said, everything in that letter has come about. I brought it to pass. Before five years. Everything from 
my family, my marriage, where I'm at. At the time, uh, we, we weren't, as a church, we weren't able to facilitate me being full-time pastor. That's come about since then. The Lord has done incredible, incredible things in three and a half years. And I look back. Matter of fact, I got to go, I got to find that letter. I don't know what I did with it. <laughs> but, I, but everything I remember writing, I said, Lord, you're right. And I, was, I, I just threw my hands up right there in the middle of the yard, began to praise him right in my front yard. Why? Because he's been that faithful to us. He's been that faithful to me. And, and it was a very powerful exercise that I remembered. I said, Lord, you know, you, you put that in my repertoire and I've gotten away from doing it. But, but I was needing to transform my brain. I needed to reboot my brain. You know, I had been in a bit of a funk. I'd been in a bit of a, a, a frustrating pattern. And so I just needed, all right, I got to get the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to reboot my brain here. Well, the way that he had me do it was to begin writing again, writing petitions again. That's one way. So I want to challenge you this week. Consider the prayer of petition. Ask God for a vision. Write it down. Pray over it. Ask God to bring someone in your life that's crazy enough to agree with you on it. Don't go spread it around and tell the whole world about it. People, people are going to speak doubt and fear over it. But find just someone that will speak faith over it. And then delight yourself and wait patiently, knowing that it's already going to come about. Amen. And it's going to come about not in any way that, that that's one thing I've learned about God. Say, so, well, I believe that God's going to move in my life in this particular area. That's awesome. I'll agree with you. But don't try to figure out how he's going to move because <laughs> he's going to do it a whole different way uh, in a way that you didn't even see coming. But by the end of it, you're going to go, whoo, Lord, you did it better, far better than what I could have done. Uh, and while you were making you, it's kind of like watching Bob Ross. Y'all remember watching Bob Ross growing up? The painter, anyone? Yeah. Or am I just the only nerdy, nerdy one in here? So actually, I'll tell you who's far nerdier about Bob Ross than I am. That's my wife, Erica. She will, man, she will watch her some Bob Ross to this day. We got one of them Samsung TVs. They got a Bob Ross channel, 24-7, Bob Ross. But you remember, like, he would sit there and paint, right? And he just always had that. And so what we're going to do, we're going to use uh, Heather Blue. What is Heather Blue? You know, he'd come up with some kind of color. What was one of the other colors, Erica, the, the one that he always, because you're like, oh, yeah, he always used, and then, yeah, some kind of brown. I can't remember. I put her on the spot. She can't remember right now. But he would always, you know, and, and so you're sitting there thinking, oh, that looks great. And then he would do something, and you're like, you just ruined the picture. What are you doing? And then, but by the end of the photo or by the end of the painting, it looked brilliant. That's how God is in our life, you know. He says, yeah, we're going to use this heather blue over here, Dave. Ooh, I like blue. Thank you, God. I praise you for blue. And now we're going to use uh, baby puke yellow. <laughs> You know, and you're like, whoa, what are you doing to the blue? Now the heather blue looks horrible, God. But by the time it's all done, you're like, man, I never knew baby puke yellow could look so good. That's awesome, you know? You did it better than I could ever. That's how God works, right? Let's all stand. The prayer of petition. I challenge you this week. Get with God and start writing some things down. You don't have to show anybody until the Lord brings you somebody you can agree with. And if he doesn't bring anybody, just agree with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will agree with you as long as it's what the Father is saying. Amen. Lord, I thank you for this wonderful family of believers. Thank you for everyone who is here today. Uh, Lord, Who I pray that your word will not return void. Holy Spirit, I pray that you just take this attempt at trying to articulate something from your word. That you take it and you use it 
uh, just to plant some incredible faith in some hearts that this week it can bear fruit even. Lord, I want more than ever for this family to learn to trust you more than they ever have so that we can say just like Paul said to the church of Thessalonica that, hey, I've seen you and your faith grows exponentially. Help our faith, our trust in you to grow exponentially so that we can love each other properly and love the world. And we praise you in Jesus' name, amen. While we sing one more song together, if you need prayer for anything, I'll be hanging out over on the side. I'd, I'd be honored to pray for you, but, but there's people full of faith all around you. You can just grab somebody's hand and have anyone pray for you. Amen. But let's worship together one more time as a family today.